Seasonal cleansing is a time-honored tradition in Ayurveda. Cleansing in the spring is one of the gateways to true wellness, preparing your body and mind for the new season by shedding those protective winter pounds, reestablishing your natural state of balance, and increasing your energy and vitality for the longer days ahead. Organic India is transforming the wisdom of ancient traditions to accessible, easy, modern-day practices to support you in achieving true wellness year-round. Visit OrganicIndiaUSA.com to learn more. New to the living healthy lifestyle or a healthy living veteran, this is your place for honest answers. Naturally savvy with registered holistic nutritionist Andrea Donsky and health journalist Lisa Davis. Hi, I'm Lisa Davis. So glad you're listening. My wonderful co-host Andrea is away today. We have had this fabulous woman on the show before. I always love having her on Hot Mess to Mindful Mom, the wonderful Allie Katz. Well, she's done it again with One Minute to Zen. Go from Hot Mess to Mindful Mom in one minute or less. I need this. I love this book. Allie, so glad to have you back. Thank you for having me. I always love being with you and look forward to it. And I am thrilled to bring another book to the world that is really helpful for people who want to learn how to deal with stress in one minute or less, because we don't have that much time in the day to come down from stress. We need to learn how to do it quickly. And it's life-changing. Oh, it really is. And I love in the book, in the introduction you write, there are no coincidences in life, only synchronicities. And I believe that with my whole being, situations keep happening in my life that only strengthen this comforting way of thinking. And here is a perfect example. Okay, so share that example with us. (laughs) So it was amazing because um, you know how sometimes you've heard this phrase, like you teach what you need to learn. Um, This was a a perfect example of that. The week that I started writing this book all about dealing with stress, um, I was diagnosed with a health issue, potential health issue, that was very stressful. So here I am writing about dealing with stress in the moment, just at the time where I needed to use these tools the most for myself. And it was just an incredible synchronicity that the universe you know, brought these tools front and center in my life by writing about them. So it was a reminder for me to use them in the moment too. So I use everything that I write about and that I teach in my own life. It's not just like I'm telling other people to do it. You know, I have to work the tools just as hard as everybody else. I'm no different than anyone else. I deal with overwhelm and anxiety and stress just like everyone does. But it's using these tools that helped me to recover so much quicker so that I like to say, you know, stress can take a backseat in my life and joy can take the steering wheel because I can recover quicker. And that's what I'm hoping to help people do with this book is for them to be able to be able to recover quicker from stress. Yeah, I really like that. And I love how you write in the book, life feels overwhelming and exhausting much of the time, which is why these 35 tools are designed to help you deal, excuse me, to help deal with stress in one minute, the same amount of time it can take for a for all hell to break loose. It's <laughs> true. <laughs> I mean, you know how life feels calm one minute and then chaotic right. the next. You get an email with something you need to do or you know, your kid has a meltdown or something, someone doesn't follow through at something at work and now it's a mess for you. And it's like, what happened? How did that happen so quickly? So we need to be able to come down from it just as quick. 
Yeah. You know, I love this too. You you know, I, I'm really terrible at meditating. I have tried and failed and tried and failed, but I am getting better at doing these, the things you talk about in your book, taking this, these, no, you know, just a minute or so. And I love how you talk about, instead of thinking about all the time you wasted not meditating, how you celebrate the fact that you closed your eyes for a minute and took a mindful pause, right? Exactly. Because I think we're so hard on ourselves. Well, like, I feel like a big failure. <laughs> okay, well, we're going to address that because I can't get okay. off this call and I can't have the listeners hear that without addressing it. So we're going to talk about that. Well, I'm honest. But, you know me. <laughs> yeah, no, totally. But if, if you feel that way, let me assure you, I hear it all the time. So many people feel that way. So I really do want to address that. But I, in terms of the one-minute meditation – you always want to think about what can I do, not what can't I do. So if someone feels that they can't, they just can't fit 10 or 20 minutes of meditation into their day, but they can fit one, that's where I want them to start. This whole book is about meeting people where they are. And my goal with it was to make meditation feel really doable and really accessible in these one minute blocks of time to help people deal with stress in the moment, but to also get comfortable with meditation so they get more used to using these practices. And then my ulterior motive, talk about honesty, is they might eventually say, huh, I wonder what two minutes feels like or three or five. And they can slowly ease themselves in because they feel comfortable. But I do have to address what you said because I think you're going to be like, oh, okay, great. I'm not bad at meditation. Uh, Because you can't be bad at meditation. There's no way to do it wrong. If you're breathing, you're, you can meditate, okay? So people have this misconception that they're bad or they're doing it wrong because people have heard this idea of just clear your mind, okay? Which if I could delete any phrase from the English language, it would be that because it's impossible. There's no way to completely clear your mind of nothingness. Uh, I don't even know if like monks that meditate for like 10 hours a day can do that. As human beings, we're wired to think. We can have a thought about every two seconds. So to think you're going to, even for a minute or two, close your eyes and not have one thought pop into your head while you're trying to meditate, it's not going to happen. You're setting yourself up to fail if you think of it that way. The whole thing about meditation is learning how to focus and train your attention. So the whole point is that every time your mind wanders, you just bring it back to what you're focusing on. So let's say out of this book, you're doing counting your breaths, okay? So every time you start counting your breaths, you notice a thought, you notice, you say, that's not meditating. Let me come back to counting my breaths again and again and again. It's that refocusing of your attention that is meditation. And the reason it's so important is that when you're outside of meditation, because everything we do in meditation is about having a better life outside of meditation. So if you practice focusing, coming back to your focus when you're meditating, when you're in the real world and you're in a conversation or you're doing a podcast or you're writing something and your mind starts to wander, you've had that much practice bringing it back so you can stay present and focused in the moment and truly engaged in what you're doing. Okay. I just said a lot. Does that all make sense? Yes. And I love that because I think for me and I know for other people I've talked to, we feel like all we're doing is bringing it back to the moment, bringing it back to the well, moment. There goes yes. my mind again. Yep. That's it, right? That's it. That is meditation. <laughs> okay. Meditation are the tools you use to slow down your nervous system, to calm your body down, and to learn how to focus on one thing at a time. And there will be days where it feels like all you're doing every two seconds is bringing yourself back. And then there might be days where you take a couple breaths and 
before another thought pops in. And you get that like moment of stillness and that moment of peace and calm. And that's amazing. But even if you don't, even if all you're doing is refocusing, you are still reaping the benefits, body, mind, and spirit. You may not really notice in that moment, but over time, when your life starts feeling different and you start becoming less reactive and more responsive or more compassionate toward yourself and others, less judgmental, you're sleeping better, all these things start happening and you're like, oh wait, I think it's working. <laughs> and then you're like, I love meditating. I'm like, I love it, you know? So it, awesome. it takes consistency though to see. So if people could just get started with a minute here or there throughout their day, you're going to build up those muscles and build up that consistency. Yeah, that's true. And that's what I need to do. I love this. Chapter two, what stress does to our bodies, it can turn a regular moment into a shit show. That is for sure. So I like that you focus on this a little bit, right? You talk about what happens when stress uh, builds up into your in your body. You talk about the myths of stress. You talk about our fight or flight response. So just give us a little bit of info on this. Okay. So we have one stress response called the fight or flight response. I'm sure most of the listeners have heard of this. But the interesting thing is that your body reacts to stress the very same way with this fight or flight response, no matter what the stress is. So this was kind of shocking to me when I learned it. Whether you have a family member that is being rushed to the hospital or you're imagining something bad happening in your head, you know those scenarios that we play about like our kids getting kidnapped or like something horrible happening, um, well, the same exact physical reaction is happening in your body, no matter what is causing your stress, even if you're just causing your own stress by making something crazy up in your head, okay, which we've all done, so don't feel bad about it. We've all done it. Um, so your body is meant to have these reactions for really stressful situations, like someone holding a gun to your head. What are you going to do? Someone cutting you off on the freeway. You need to react quickly because chemical reactions are happening in your body when you feel stress that help keep you alive. Adrenaline and cortisol are pumping throughout your body. So your senses are sharpened, more oxygen and blood are going to your muscles so you can fight or you can flee or you can survive basically. But in, you know, when, when people were evolving, those kind of situations happened every once in a while. Okay, like we have heard that tiger chasing us example. Well, a tiger only chased us every once in a while and then we weren't feeling stress in between. But in 2019, we're stressed all the time between work and family and aging parents and deadlines and what are we making for dinner and not understanding the kids' math homework and all the 50 million things that we feel stressed about now. We now have these chemicals pumping throughout our bodies all the time. And when we get an accumulation of too much of these hormones and chemicals pumping, it can lead to toxicity in our body, which can have long-term effects like heart disease, insomnia, headaches, um, even cancer, like all these horrible things that we don't want. So we have to learn to deal with stress better so that we can stop when we start to feel stress, we can say, no, 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 I'm not going there. And we can keep some of these hormones and chemicals at bay with something like a one minute meditation. We can calm our nervous system down, put it back into the parasympathetic nervous system, our rest and digest response instead of fight or flight. Rest and digest is when everything's operating optimally. Okay. So this is interesting. You know how you've heard stress can lead to belly fat? Okay. This is why when we feel stress, blood is taken from our digestive system 
and our sex organs. So we stop digesting our food and it's sent to our extremities. So if we're stressed all the time, we're not digesting our food properly. I mean, it's just like our body's really smart the way it works, but we have to like prompt it to do the right thing when when we need it to. So if it's not a truly stressful situation, we need to keep ourselves in a calm state so that our bodies can operate optimally. Does that make sense? Oh, completely. You know, there was something that uh, I'm jumping ahead. I love this heart-centered social media. I have to say lately I've been getting more agita (laughs) from social media and a lot of it it then actually, some of it has to do with realizing what people actually, their political affiliations, that drives me mad. The other thing too is more of the comparing of like, oh my gosh, why isn't, why aren't I doing this well? Or what's going on with her? Or what's going on with him? And I try not to do that. And so I really like that you talked about heart-centered social media. Let's talk about that. And then I want to jump into some of these 35 amazing sure. practices. Well, I think a lot of it, there's different there's different ways to look at heart-centered social media. One is what about social media makes you feel good and what makes you feel bad? So what I've discovered for myself is Facebook for me is where a lot of the like negativity is, right. um, where the political ranting is. It's where the ranting in general is. If someone doesn't like something about the restaurant they went to and they feel that they need to vent, it's on Facebook. Okay. I'm not interested in that. <laughs> All right. That does not feel good to me. But like for me, Instagram is much more positive. It's more fun. It's more uplifting. I feel it's more inspiring. So I spend more time there than I do on Facebook. So if like something doesn't make you feel good, you don't have to hang out there. Okay. That's one thing. The second is if you start to feel that comparison and that judgment kick in, you need to just get off. Okay. That's not what social media is about. And that's not what social media is for. I am validating those feelings because I've had them too. And when I start to feel that in my gut of like a little bit of comparison, a little bit of judgment, I'm like, turn it off. Okay. This is not why I came on here. And if it's creating those feelings in me, then I might have some soul searching to do. And my time would be better spent trying to figure out why that's happening than just continuing down that road. And another thing about heart-centered social media, and this is the big one for me, is managing my time on social media. How much time do I want to spend? I have this conundrum of loving social media and find it inspiring and amazing that I can connect with my readers and followers and also not wanting to be on my phone that much. So for me, I'm constantly trying to manage how much time to spend on there. So a couple things that I do to try to be more mindful, I'm certainly not perfect and this is something I'm constantly working on. In fact, I came up with something else today about it, um, is I don't go on social media on the weekends because I find that I'm more present with my family. I just spend more time outside. I relax more. I read more. I just don't go on on the weekends. It's my time to simply be present. Um, And then sometimes it can be helpful for me to set a timer. If I know I want to look at Instagram, but I don't want to get lost on that rabbit hole and an hour later say, oh my God, I just spent an hour. That's not what I had in mind. I might set a timer for 15 minutes. And then when the 15 minutes is up, I have to get off. So I can... I need a lot of reminders. I was teaching a class right before this podcast. And I said, you know, if there's something I want to work on, like an intention for the day, I need a midday reminder. Like I'd have to set a 
reminder on my phone for noon to say like, how you doing on this today? Because sometimes it's really hard if I don't get reminders. So that alarm acts as my reminder, like you've been on long enough, it's time to get off. So it's really finding what works for you. Um, another thing I, I realize once I get on, I just want more of it. Like if I get on Instagram in the morning, all of a sudden I'm checking Instagram throughout the day. It's kind of like a drug. Like I crave it. So I've restructured my work week where I take clients on Monday, Wednesday, Friday, and I'm, and Tuesday, Thursday are just off days for me to handle my life, do what I want, whatever. So I'm actually contemplating not going on on Tuesday, Thursdays and seeing how that goes of like days that I'm off, I'm completely off. Now let's jump into these one minute meditations and practices. Okay. There are 35 of them. So what I want you to do, I love them all. Uh, I want you to pick some that you think, uh, I don't know, that you'd like to share today. And and I encourage everyone, you need to get this book, One Minute to Zen. Because there's so Thank much you. great stuff in it. I mean, there's there's so many, and they're all so different. So there's some that like really feel more meditative, some that are sort of lifestyle. Um, okay, I'm going to let's see. I'm going to do. I think gratitude is so important. So let's talk with gratitude made easy. Okay. Um, okay. So. Some of it is really just even taking a moment to take a situation and look at it more through the eyes of gratitude. So really kind of switching your perspective and taking a minute to close your eyes and do that. Um, In moments of stress, we can refocus our attention in the face of overwhelm and frustration. We really can. So if you stress and gratitude cannot coexist. So if you can close your eyes and think of three things that you're grateful for in the moment, you are going to stop stress in its tracks. They can't happen at the same time. So it's just remembering to pause and think of three things you're grateful for. That's going to stop stress right there. And then you're going to shift your internal landscape to one of feeling good and gratitude. Okay, that sounds super easy. Think of three things you're grateful for, but it can really shift. Um, Another one people might like is I call it drink your way to calm. So taking your coffee, taking your tea in the morning without your phone, sitting down for a minute and using your five senses, feel the warmth of the cup, smell the aroma, let yourself just take some deep breaths while you're doing this. Really taste what you're drinking. Be in the moment with your tea or your coffee or your warm water with lemon and just be in it without any distractions for just a minute. That can reset you or set you for the day. Um, Finding your anchor point is a great thing to do anywhere, sitting in a business meeting, sitting in carpool line, sitting at a traffic light. Notice where your breath feels the strongest. Do you feel it the most coming in and out of your nostrils as you breathe, your rib cage expanding, contracting, or your belly expanding and contracting? Just breathe and notice where you feel it the strongest. Let that be your anchor point and pay attention to that point in your body for one minute. It's not hard, right? It's just about doing it, okay? Um Yeah. Oh, this is a great one. The straw breath is really easy. When we take longer exhales than our inhale, we are automatically activating that rest and digest response that I talked about. So what you can do for that is inhale through your nose 
and then exhale out through your mouth like you're breathing out of a straw. So imagine there's a straw in your mouth and you're breathing out of it and take as long as you can to breathe out of that straw. Oh, this is a good one. Um, This is a really good one to have up your sleeve, single nostril breathing. It's really interesting to note that breathing on different sides of your nostril, which by the way, our dominant side changes about every two hours, but you can breathe in and out only, you cover your right side and only breathe in and out of your left if you need to chill, if you need to calm down. But then if you hit that three o'clock slump in the afternoon and you need energy, you close off your left and just breathe in and out of the right. Hmm. Oh, I like that. I know there's so many great things. There's so many good ones. Um, Using your senses, which I talked about with the the drinking, but if you need to pause stress in its tracks, just take a moment and think about what do I see right now? What do I hear? What can I smell? What can I touch? Use your five senses to just get you super present in this moment, and you will not think of anything else while you're doing it. It's amazing. So there's all kinds of things. Yeah, I'm excited to do these with my daughter because she is just a bag of anxiety. It's part of the way she's made up. She's on the spectrum, autism spectrum. It's it's okay. tough. And when she gets lost in a moment of anger or anxiety, it takes a lot to bring her down. Yeah. So I think if we practice these things more regularly, even if she oh, wasn't yeah. able to get to it right away, because again, it is different than I think someone who's neurotypical or more challenging, I would say, it would still be a part of her makeup, Right. A hundred percent. And so two things. One, I love what you said, which was the next thing I was going to say. So awesome is you got to practice when you're calm. You can't do something in the moment of stress that you haven't done when you feel calm. So in the shower, you know, while you're brushing your teeth, um, you know, at a traffic light, before you go to bed, anytime throughout the day, you know, standing in line at the grocery store, don't look at your phone, practice one of these, like give yourself a mindful moment. But what I suggest sometimes for kids and teens is, and even for adults, you can, you know, obviously out of 35, you might pick a couple favorites. So pick three or four that you particularly like, make a list on like your bureau drawer. Like every time your daughter gets stressed in the morning, she'll see the list. And sometimes it can be helpful to say, every time I get stressed today, I'm going to do this one off the list. So every time I get stressed today, I'm going to do the straw breath or Tomorrow, every time I get stressed today, I'm going to use my five senses. So in the moment, you don't have to think about, well, which one do I want to do? It's just every time today, I'm going to use this one. Hmm. And that is so helpful. nice. Yeah, because let me tell you, it's not easy. That's that's the biggest challenge in my life at the moment is that there's such a constant up and down with her. And then my stress level goes up and I, I'm trying to keep it down, but it's really difficult. You know, when you're in a situation that pretty much is relentless, not that there's not joys, but you know what I mean. It, I know exactly what you mean. Right? So that that can be yeah. really tough. So I need these tools <laughs> so desperately. Here's the thing, too, is that for all the parents out there, and even people that aren't parents, this just goes for anyone around you, but especially our kids, they feed off of our energy. They feel what we feel. So if we get anxious and stressed, it creates more anxiety and stress for them. If we can remain calm they can remain calmer, right? It's when everyone starts, you know, if you yell, then your kids are yelling or the meltdown gets worse or whatever happens. The calmer we stay, the calmer the house stays. And so it does start with us and we have to use tools to help us stay calm in moments of stress because stress isn't going to stop coming. Life is never going to stop happening. 
it's not like we get to this place of balance and stay there, right? Balance is a constant recalibration. So we feel good. We feel stressed. We dip. We got to get back up. Maybe we stay there for a little bit. We dip again. So the stress part never stops coming. We just have to learn how to ride that wave and get back up as quick as we can. Exactly. You know, I can talk to you forever. Uh, unfortunately, I have to. I, I'm out of time in a moment. I just think you're amazing. I want to have you, you back are. a lot. Thank I have other you. shows as well. So in the meantime, Allie, tell us all the ways that we can find you. So you can find me at hotmesstomindfulmom.com, which actually I'm in the middle of redoing my whole website. Soon it will be alleycats.com, but you can still get me if you go to Hot Mess to Mindful Mom. Um, so online, and I have a newsletter that comes out every two weeks with helpful tools and tips and fun stuff um, that people love. So you can sign up for that. I'm on Instagram at Hot Mess to Mindful Mom, and I'm on Facebook, um, Hot Mess to Mindful Mom with Allie Cats, and I have. Um, a community of like-minded parents, moms that, you know, spend time together online too. It's called Hot Mess to Mindful Mom Community. Don't even bother finding me on Twitter because <laughs> I don't go on. But um, find me mostly on Instagram or my newsletter is the best places to find me. Well, I think you're amazing. And I want to thank everybody listening uh, to Naturally Savvy. You can also find me on It's Your Health with Lisa Davis. Uh, This is a continuation of Talk Healthy Today. So, Allie, you're going to come on there as well, I hope. And be sure to find Andrea at Andrea Donsky at Naturally Savvy at your Radio MD and Health Media Gal 1, the number one on Twitter. So glad you listened and stay well.